Greetings and welcome to Why So Political. This episode's topic is incredibly heartbreaking as it deals with the topics of school shootings, something that constantly happens in this country, but there seems to be very inadequate action done to prevent these tragedies. Last Monday, the 27th of March, in a private Christian school, a deranged degenerate fired 152 shots and took the lives of three nine-year-old students named Evelyn, who was described as being such a positive and hopeful individual by her family. William, who was a young boy who was described as being high-spirited, kind, and very close to his siblings, and Haley, a young girl who was described by her family as being their gift from God, as well as three adult staff members named Mike Hill, who loved cooking and spending time with his family, Cynthia Peake, who was a beloved teacher, wife, and mother, and Catherine Kuntz, who was described as being a selfless individual who cared deeply for his students. Obviously, all of these people should still be alive. Half of the victims weren't even old enough to reach double digits in their age. But the fact is that this is a very sad truth for far too many victims of gun violence. It is an undeniable reality that while we can look at other countries and point out flaws and human right violations and say, well, that would never happen in the United States, there are horrible, tragic things happening. In 2023, there have been 132 mass shootings. Unfortunately, maybe even more. The day I'm recording this, there have been 83 days this year. That is an insane statistic that there were more mass shootings than days. And it shouldn't be this way in a developed first world country, let alone any country. In fact, these incidents happen mainly in the United States, more so than any other country. So the obvious question would be, why is this? We could look to the Second Amendment. In the United States, according to the World Atlas, for every 100 people, there are 101 guns. And the United States takes the first spot on the list for the most guns per capita. And this number is almost double the second place spot on the list, which is Serbia, I believe, with 58 to 59 guns per 100 people. And this all boils down to how accessible guns are and how this opportunity allows for so many abuses to happen. A common argument that you hear from people who are pro-carrying guns is that access to guns alone is not the cause for these tragedies. It is the people who abuse the access through often illegal methods. And while this seems true theoretically, the truth is that in the United States, from 1966 to 2019, 77% of mass shooters purchased at least some of the weapons used in shootings legally. So the logical solution to that would be increasing the difficulty of accessing a gun and raising the criteria. And it would be wise to assume that implementing background checks would also be beneficial. But this criteria varies state to state. In Ohio, for example, you must be 18 years old to buy a shotgun or a rifle, and you must be 21 years old to buy a handgun. You must provide proof of living in Ohio or working for an employer who is based in Ohio, and you must confirm that you do not have any disability that would prevent you from buying a gun. So the criteria is relatively relaxed, 
considering the task compared to a state like California where the criteria is much stricter and that you also must obtain a firearm safety certificate along with the other requirements. But do stricter gun regulations help in reality because theoretically they sound logical, right? Well, in California, the state has some of the lowest death rates in the country at 8.5 deaths per 100,000 people, which is about 37% lower than the national average, according to the CDC. In Ohio, during the spring and summer of 2020, when COVID-19 was at its peak, it was estimated that one out of 100 children would be victims of gun violence, which is much higher. In fact, looking at Tennessee, Tennessee does not require a license or a permit to own or purchase a gun and does not require owners to register firearms. Sadly, Tennessee is also one of the worst places when it comes to gun violence impact with an average of 1,273 gun deaths and 2,220 gun injuries annually. It does not take much to see the correlation. Stricter gun laws obviously need to be implemented in many of these states where the gun laws are more relaxed. But the reality is that there are obviously other aspects to why these horrible tragedies keep on happening. And these could very well be cultural. And I would go on to say that the most detrimental aspect to school children is the fact that they don't seem to be the extremist elite's top priority on either side of the political aisle. Now, obviously, logical, moderate people do have the common sense to suggest stricter gun laws or other solutions, but throughout history, extremism seems to be what has influenced laws and the way we live our lives the most. This isn't a great thing, but I would argue to some extent that this flaw is innate. Looking to the right, the NRA funds and funnels millions of dollars to politicians who then have very little incentive to increase gun regulation. This has been happening for years and this corruption is devastating, but the culture is corrupting and ulterior motives are taking precedent over protecting the lives of children on the far left as well. I'm sure we're all aware of the fact that the Tennessee school shooter was a horrible person, but did you know that this shooter was also identifying this transgender? Now, this should not matter in the slightest because a logical person should not think differently about this deranged individual because they identify this way. The reality is that this is a sick, evil person who does not deserve, in my opinion, full respect on the same scale as a productive member of society would be given. And this shouldn't be a controversial thing to say in the slightest. You do horrible things so you face horrible consequences, right? Well, many people on the left have taken this horrible tragedy, have dismissed the deaths of these three young school students and three staff members, and have taken this devastation and have channeled it to promote their own agendas which bolster, bolster transgender rights. Activists are citing the anti-trans bill in Tennessee as the reason why the shooting occurred. The reason the shooting occurred is because an evil individual decided to act on a horrible impulse. 
but our culture in America has eroded to such a large extent that self-responsibility and accountability are thrown out the window completely, not to mention just how strong the elements of narcissism are brewing in far too many Americans when you look at how something so tragic and devastating which is taking the lives of innocent people is being overlooked to campaign for a group of people who should be completely unrelated to this tragedy. Personally, I am so against lumping people into groups. I don't care that this individual was transgender. I, because I know that this individual is obviously not a representation of all transgender people. I believe that we should look to what a person does and says rather than how they identify. The people who lump individuals into groups are perhaps, I would say, the real bigots. And that just seems to be exactly what many of these far-left activists are doing. Now, these extremes on both sides exist, but as I said before, extremism seems to be the driving force enacting the most positively or negatively impactful change. The fact is that the children, the victims, are being disrespected, all in the name of winning political brownie points, and this is tragic and so inappropriate. In terms of more hopeful news, in the next year, there will be elections, so we can all make sure that we elect individuals who are truly focused on the right thing. This concludes this episode of Why So Political. Thank you so much for listening, and I wish you the best.